fanficmedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. With hosts, Christiana Ellis, Chuch Schubert, Vivid Muse, and Nookchus. Well, hello there, and welcome to a very special episode of Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. This is our Season 7, Episode 0 pre-show, so if you're looking for reactions to the premiere, because you're likely not able to download and listen to this until it's already aired, sorry, this is not a reaction show, but this is a live from Balticon show, and as an added bonus up front here, we've got a little bit from each of your hosts to say what we're looking forward to in the upcoming season. I'll give mine in just a moment. There is another scheduling change. This season, our live Hangout streams will be on YouTube Thursday evenings, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. And the podcast audio should post the following day. Right now, we're not planning on doing any contests or surveys this season. It ends up being quite a lot of work. Now, that's not to say there might not be a challenge from one of the hosts, but if they make a challenge, they're going to have to do the counting. (laughs) so for this upcoming season for me I think I want to see really Sansa's journey where is this heading she's stuck between John and Littlefinger and I really want to see how she's going to navigate this you know I think it's her time to you know she's been through some stuff it's her time to break out and uh yeah I want to see what happens I mean obviously I want to see what happens with Arya and her murder spree (laughs) going down her list, but uh, big things, you know, obviously Danny's coming to Westeros. I mean, this stuff's going to be huge, but I know all that's going to be covered. So (laughs) my hope is we get a little more on uh, Sansa's development. So uh, let's hear from my co-host what they want to see, and then it'll jump straight into live at Balticon. Unfortunately, Viv and I weren't able to attend, but Christiana Nutty invited some great guest panelists, and they discuss what possible spinoffs they would like to see. Since it's announced there's, what, four or five spinoffs in development, they will likely only make one. But, uh, so yeah, a great discussion on what they would like uh, to see. Enjoy. Hi, this is Christiana Ellis. What I'm looking forward to in Game of Thrones Season 7 is seeing how they're going to try to start setting up the big finale and trying to predict what's going to happen in that regard. Because last season was the first time where we knew we were really kind of cut loose from the books and that most of the stuff we were seeing was stuff that wasn't just adapted from the books. And now... We're continuing down that through line. They've chosen story directions and they're going to follow them. And in particular, the things that we really need to find out what's going to happen is we've got John and Sansa reunited back in Winterfell, but Littlefinger's there. He's going to be the wrench in the works there, I'm sure. I would also like at some point for Littlefinger and Varys to have a bit of a reunion uh, to have some sort of closure between them even though we might get that uh, much later 
Uh, I think it's also uh, would be great if we got to finally get our Clegane Bowl uh, in the sense of having uh, Sandor and Gregor Clegane finally get to have it out uh, even though they're both kind of in very different uh, places <laughs> right now uh, not so much physically but uh, yeah and then of course we also have to see what's Jamie's choice going to be now that Cersei has done what she's done I mean she may try to deny it but he's in kind of an awkward position where I'm sure he wouldn't approve, and yet, and yet. So, finding out what Jamie's going to do, uh, finding out what's up with Littlefinger, and uh, uh, hoping that we get a Clegane Bowl. I think those are the big things I'm most looking forward to seeing. Hi, this is Nuke Chess, and what I am looking forward to for Season 7 of Game of Thrones is getting everybody who wasn't in Westeros back to Westeros and doing stuff. That's what I want to see. I want Danny to come back. I want her to come back through Dorne so we can have some sort of a Dorne storyline because they completely forgot all about that and they got rid of Alexander Siddig. So I don't know how interesting it'll be, but Dorne is awesome. And I want her to be coming up and looking around and seeing all of the different things that are going on in Westeros and then finding out about what's happening at the wall. And I don't know if this is going to happen in season seven or if this is going to happen in season eight, but eventually those dragons are going to have to go up to the wall and fight the whites and the others. The ice and snow from the song of ice and fire or, or the ice and snow, sorry, the fire and the ice have to meet in the song of ice and fire. So that's what I want to see. And that's what I want to see the beginning of. I want Arya back in Westeros and I want her doing stuff. I want to see stuff about Sam. I want to see stuff about Brienne. I want to see things happening. And, you know, if, if we lose characters this season, that's fine. But I just want things to happen. And I'm very excited for Tyrion to come back to Westeros. And everybody's going to think he's a traitor and he doesn't care because he's got dragons can't wait hey there this is viv season seven probably not unlike what the others are saying it's an odd one for me since it should have been the final season covering the seventh and final book in the song of ice and fire series it was to be the season with grand climaxes and resolutions and prologues and instead it's a shortened season, and as it was in season six, there is not a book from George R.R. R. Martin to guide it. So I'm not really sure what to expect other than for it to be dark and sad and gruesome, and that's tough for a chaser of silver linings like myself. Going to those dark places, it's, it's very, very dark for me. Um, so I guess that what I'm hoping for and looking forward to are the lighter moments in between those heavy plot points. I've found Binioff, Weiss, and company to be masters of those moments. And yes, the bad stuff hits impossibly hard. I did just finish a rewatch of season six, episode nine, Battle of the Bastards. And my God, it is impossibly hard to watch. But they find a way to make it bearable. And even the comfort, even the smallest comfort or reveal is absolutely effective. All of that while ensuring that the characters themselves, well, they remain as rich and as complex as they were when, when George birthed them. They walk the balance between too much and too little so perfectly. And I can't think of too many times when I think that they've gotten it wrong. 
something that I do look forward to is a favorite example of these skills. Remember the farewell scene between Arya Gendry when Hot Pie was leaving? It was absolutely charming and funny and and masterful, and it was kind of necessary to get me through the separation of their little uh, ill-fated fellowship. And yes, these kids were put through so much, but look at how much they've matured and grown. They seemed almost ready for the next set of trials, at least until they came. And with only one more planned, shortened season expected after this one, I truly hope to see some of the threads that were dropped seasons ago. As such, I await news on those primaries like Arya, but also those I adored in lesser roles, like Gendry, or unexplored remnants from the book with the direwolves. And although I'm not sure I hope for it, are we finally going to meet Lady Stoneheart? That's, that's, like I said, I don't know if I'm hoping for it, but I, I, I think it kind of needs to happen. So... Yeah, the little happy moments, um, if there's any to be found, because let's see, we lost a bunch of kids, a lot of young Westerosi. I guess that's it. Um, Thanks for listening. Welcome to Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast presented by specficmedia.com. This is our sixth year doing this panel at uh, Balticon? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. mean, I think we, I don't know if we had a panel the very first year Game of Thrones yeah. was on, but certainly we did the next one. That's true. Yeah. So we have been the only spoiler-free podcast about Game of Thrones since the beginning of the era. There have been others that came later, but we started it and we never spoil anything past what has been shown on HBO, Mm -hmm. which is great now because nobody knows (laughs) what's going to happen. Sometimes it's hard because Nutty and I especially were the uh, people who had read all of the books and not, you know, getting into, oh, but here's what actually happened in the books. And we don't want to say that because that might be what still happens in the show. But, yeah, I mean, they, there's still a, every now and then, it's like, I guess I can't still talk about LS because it might still happen. Yeah. Your fancy book learning won't help me anymore. Exactly. <laughs> so there is no show going on right now. They delayed it to the summer, mm-hmm. which has changed a lot of our plans. So, Christiana, why don't you tell us what we're going to be talking about today, since we have no shows to talk about. (laughs) Well, one of the things that I think everyone is kind of buzzing about is the idea that after the show proper is finished, HBO has in development, uh, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five question spinoffs. Um, Now, obviously, that doesn't mean that five shows are going to make it to air. They're talking about different ideas, but what seemed fun to speculate on or uh, not even speculate what HBO is going to pick. Right. But what would we want them to pick? Because we're way more important than HBO. Yeah. (laughs) So we want to talk about what spinoff or other series in the world that we would like to see. And I think we start with our... Well, first we need to introduce everybody. Yeah, let's not forget that. So... I'm Nick Jess. I'm Nutty. This is Christiana. Hello. We're the regular hosts, and our other two hosts are in Albuquerque. Yeah. They didn't make a left turn. 
<laughs> so instead, we have some longtime listeners with us. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Pat Sponagle. I'm a longtime listener. Right from <laughs> the beginning. And uh, don't blog posts. Uh, oh, oh I, I write about this TV show called Game of Thrones. I do a lot of writing about the show. Westeros Wednesday. Yeah, every mm -hmm. Wednesday I try to crank something out. And if you ever have a character that you need a defense of, that's the man. He probably wrote it already. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Hugh. I haven't kept up with the show, but I have read all <laughs> the books, and I have some bold new ideas to take this series into the next millennium. <laughs> Seven years late. Paulette Jackson. I once wrote a book. It has a dragon on the front. <laughs> great book. It's a great book, and it explains the physics of dragons. Yes. <laughs> All right, so let's let's start out and get some some ideas. So, Pat. Well, the, I know we're not worried about what HBO is going to do. It's what we want, and but I will talk about HBO for a second. That we know that they're not going to do the Duck and Egg series. Uh, because George doesn't want to be pressured into writing more of them, <laughs> which uh, is legit. That's a really legit mm -hmm. concern from him. Uh, and he doesn't want to do Robert's Rebellion, which I think a lot of people want to see, uh, because he said there's some twists and turns that he is still going to reveal. So so I, I'll i go ahead and say that I don't want to see Dunkin' Egg. I don't well, want to see I do want to see it. Oh, no, no, I, I, but, uh, yeah. but, but I wouldn't mind seeing something that happens during the time of Dunkin' Egg, because that was mm -hmm. quite a contentious time, you had a lot more Targaryens, you had a lot more of them kind of plotting mm -hmm. for things. And because the, the Duck and Egg books are only from Dunk's point of view, there's a ton of things that are going on. So I would like to see something happening concurrent with Duck and Egg, but maybe not literally Duck and Egg. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot going on at that time, you know, betrayals and brother against brother and so on. And, and you got um, Brennan Rivers being like super sorcerer mm -hmm. guy trying to... Uh, do things so that would also be great. Yeah. yeah. Um, my first suggestion that I think is ripe for series level storytelling is uh, Aegon's conquest. Yeah. Um, when uh, Aegon and his two sister wife queens, um, forgetting their names at the second I had to link up. Uh, Isn't Nymeria uh, one of them? No, Nymeria was of uh, Dorne, which I actually right. ties yeah, into another Dorne. one of my yeah. suggestions in a minute, but. Uh, um, it was uh, Visenya and Rhaenys Targaryen That's it. Uh, accompanying King Aegon as he conquered one, two, three, four, five, six, but not seven of the seven kingdoms. And uh, there's a whole lot of battles and stuff that we know about, but just, you know, that badass crew wrecking shop, but also having their own internal drama, plus the, the different kingdoms fighting and struggling to resist against them. I think there's a lot of potential there. Plus, I mean, the Field of Fire is like one of the classic all-time battles that is referenced but not shown in the uh, in the series we know. So you totally took my first choice. Totally. But that's okay. <laughs> because what I want to see is I want to see a series about some amazing, badass sand snakes. And I want to see some sand snake adventures. And I want to see why we care so much. And let's let's get this all before, you know, the beginning of uh, the first book uh, so that we've got some cool Oberyn showing up every now and then. And yeah, let's, let's get some sand snakes because reading the books, I love the sand snakes and I wanted more. Watching the show, ouch, mm. ouch. Not enough. Yeah, I had a similar thought, but I wanted to take it in a little bit of a different direction because 
You know, I think the things we need are we need uh, an exotic location. We need uh, strong female protagonists and characters. And we also need lots and lots of intrigue and politicking and backstabbing. Like, really juicy soap opera kind of stuff that we're not really getting. So, if you will, my thought is Dornesty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, all right, Dornesty. And that's where Nymeria comes oh. in. Yeah. She was like the reigning queen of uh, Dorn. Uh, yeah, so uh, for anyone who does not recall, the namesake, of course, of Arya's wolf. Um, the warrior queen who led the Roinar refugees to Dorne a thousand years ago. She's an ancestor of House Martell and House Dane, seen as the founder of Dorne under a unified realm under Martell rule. And, and the backstory of why the, the, the Roinar left uh, Essos is, is cool as well. This, after losing this big battle, Valyria, this big war with Valyria, since the Valyrians were one of the superpowers in Essos and the Roinar were the other superpower and they lost. So any of that would be great to uh, see supporting the uh, migration of uh, Namiri and her people. Was was that the the part of Dorne history that you were thinking of, or I'm, I'm, I just wanted to make the Dornesty joke? I'm gonna be honest here. There, I mean, there there's so much I, Dorne I, that's I bet Namiri could throw some epic shade. So, but, but so the, well, I'm sorry, but yeah. just in general, like having something to set in Dorne at any kind of time yeah. period would be great because you have the Danes being cool and you've got. Everybody else in Dorne that we don't have in the show, and you've uh, got the the women having rights and powers, right? Yeah. Uh, so a little spoiler alert: Hugh told me before the panel that he's got some serious ideas, but a lot of really funny ones, and I'm kind of looking forward to all of these. So yeah. he's going to be our foil this panel. Well, and uh, once, of course, we've gone a couple of yeah. rounds up here, we're, we're definitely going to be asking you guys for your uh, opinions too. So uh, you know, get started thinking on your own suggestions. Okay, I think Samuel L. Jackson said it the best. More dragons. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. I really would like to see the story of how the Targaryens came to uh, discover that they had this ability to withstand dragon fire, and how they came to, you know, work with the dragons, and, and how that whole ancient history came together, uh, leading up to the stuff that we, we've been alluding to. So I want to see more of the ancient history. I want to. I, I want to see more of the. Um, the children of you know of the forest, you know, creating the first White Walkers, and then well, I don't throw a like, bunch of ideas. <laughs> well, casual yeah. mentions, we might have some of those yeah. developed. <laughs> so, but you know, that that kind of thing, and more of the ancient history. I think yeah. that's what I want to see. And uh, Rory is swinging for you so much right now. Uh, I I had this thought of you know dragons all they didn't go anywhere, they've just been hiding. And they're snickering at how stupid these humans have been, and they're screwing everything up. And they know if they hang out with the humans, they'll just end up being dog-sized and small. So they just sit back and from their dragon egg, the moon, and watch us. It's kind of creepy. They could go into the far north and just hibernate for a thousand years. Totally. Uh, some dragons have fur. <laughs> because uh, the ancient history was brought up, I would like to see... Uh, Anything in the eight thousand you know, year history of the wall because uh, it was it was built you know millennia ago. But I I'm less interested in the the, the history so much as seeing what they're going to do with costume design to give the idea of something that is eight thousand years old that they developed to this medieval type period because everyone at that time we know they had iron weapons because they they defeated the children of the forest that way. 
but you know, things can't be static for 8,000 years. They would right. be looking medieval. They would have to be looking pre-medieval. And I would, I would like to see the, uh, you know, the art department step up to that challenge. That'd be fun. That would be awesome. I would um, love to see um, the humans fight the children of the forest. But we just watched Princess Mononoke, <laughs> and that definitely colors my thinking of how that well, would well, go. That ties directly into one of um, my suggestions too, uh, which is tying into all of this ancient history. Um, we have lots of names get thrown around, like in uh, Danny's titles, for example. But when we say like the First Men and the Andals and, of course, the children of the forest, what we have gotten pieced together is that we're the children of the forest, and the first man showed up, and there was some fighting, but then eventually a peace and a mutual agreement, and the first man followed the old gods and so on. But then the Andals showed up and brought the seven, and that's when there was this whole big holy war, religious war, chopping down all of the uh, weirwood trees and stuff like that. And so that seems like uh, another thing where we have plenty of room for all sorts of stories to be told there, but we also have that larger conflict of the seven versus the old gods that could tie into stuff we know. Yeah. So, audience, <laughs> because we don't want to hog all the ideas. To get a little more macro, because you guys are kind of doing big, Yeah, I, I would love to see maybe step four, well, where we start off, the, the, the further adventures of Brianna Tarot. Yeah. Mainly just because I love Wendell and Christie. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? There's something wrong with you if you don't. So, so you, you want more of her backstory? Or or assuming that she lives, it would see more things of her going forward. I think her backstory would be interesting to see and see how she got to, you know, where, she, where we see her in the action. I'd like to actually see it going forward where she actually becomes commander of the Night's Watch. Oh, Ooh. dude, hang on. I need a moment. That's what we need. I mean, if okay, so for some listeners of the podcast, my ultimate goal, what I would like to see happen in the end of this series is a monarchy's gone. Anarchy. Uh, last year's cosplay was I was a Westerosi punk because I want anarchy in Westeros. I want to change this cycle, this wheel of constantly fighting for a throne. Team Littlefinger. <laughs> no, 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 not exactly. Not exactly being the king of a pile of rubble. But whatever system of government, hopefully for the people, uh, that is in place, I would love to see Brienne of Tarth as the Lord Commander and and just, or the, the commander of the White Cloaks, because uh, they wouldn't be the Kingsguard, right? Gold Cloaks. White, White, yeah. Guard. So, so yeah. You, would, you would like her in charge of the political equivalent of the Kingsguard in your new regime? Yes. Mm-hmm. And but you, that would change everything. But yeah, if I it's different, it. she needs something different. She can't have like a White Cloak. Maybe she needs like some really, really reflective Armor? Right. Right on. Sapphire. Like something mirrored, maybe? Like chrome? Like chrome. And maybe maybe a chrome helmet. Yes, that yeah. totally covers yeah. And maybe like a red cape that yes, goes with exactly. it. exactly. And, and then to not get enough lines and end up in the trash compactor. Well, well, well then, then maybe yeah, not. Um, <laughs> let's rethink this. Well, it's better than the rainbow cook. <laughs> 
Um, but I, I think that is one, an interesting possibility, though. Just we, we don't know how everything's going to play out. But the idea of another series that could really just pick up from there to say, well, what, what happens after that? Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing some stuff on the other continent. Like the yes. history of the Belfrocki, mm -hmm. um, the, the origin of the Unsullied. Yeah. Some undying stories, maybe? Bravo. Bravo. How about uh, the Doom of Valyria? Yes. We, yeah. we really don't know very much about what yeah. happened there, except super advanced civilization that blew itself up with a nuclear magic bomb or something. And uh, the Doom of Valyria is they had technology. Yeah. So. Previously, it's not so much that it's earlier than medieval for our time, but they actually had technology and advancements, and we lost it all in the doom of Valyria. A long, Valeria. long time ago, on a <laughs> fantasy planet far, far away. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the, I, I think, what would be the best show from that for the doom of Valyria, at least, would not be. Um, it would almost be like Walking Dead style in the sense that it is not what led up to that because that puts an end point on your story. Um, but rather, maybe you have flashbacks of before, but the story is people surviving and fleeing the chaos like, and like, after like right after the doom. Yeah. Uh, when everything falls apart. Because there's, there's going to be like all like the Valyrian freeholds would be trying to kind of keep everything together but mm -hmm. they can't keep it together because Valyria is gone. Yeah. And you can flashback to oh, yeah. pre doom. Yeah. Um, and that's gonna be where you can have the you know the showcase of the glorious statue in its prime and then the blown up version or whatever. I like it. I'm subscribed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the World of Ice and Fire was the collapse of the Valerians why the Dothraki then could start running around running roughshod. Because there there was a superpower that was keeping them under control, mm -hmm. uh, and then they became they rose to preeminence because it was subtracted, and I and I think that was the Doom of Valeria was part of that. Right. I I think that after there was a big military conquering type superpower, it was you had all of these other cities that were most more like merchant focused, and mm -hmm. they just wanted to make money. They don't care what people are doing out in the wastes, and so. Let them grow, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Any other ideas out there? Go. Um, I'm a big fan of Sans, I mean, uh, Arya Stark. So I would like to see something post Game of Thrones where she's growing and maybe she's um, developing her fighting skills, where maybe she becomes a warrior of some sort where she's like independent of what's going on, but almost like a Xena type of feel. <laughs> yeah. She around. So I'd like to see something like that with Arya. Sure. I'm in. Uh, Fingers crossed that she's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know that she's still around. But who knows? She might, you know, mm -hmm. follow in her mother's footsteps and, you know, not be okay, but be okay. <laughs> uh, That's a little scary. I don't know. I'm not sure I want to call what happens to Catelyn okay. Yeah. Well, the thing that I, I, I think is always funny is, um, so George has said how... Paris, his now wife, has always made him promise, no matter what you do, that Arya is going to be okay. 
<laughs> and he says he's kept that promise. And I don't think he has. Because that's not okay. That's just a lie. Okay. <laughs> but but see, this really is a perfect okay. example, yeah. though, of something where even though the show has surpassed yeah. the books, we cannot yet be completely free with stuff that happens that's in true. the books because... You never know. Catelyn, uh, so. for those who have not read the books... There is a shoe that could still theoretically drop there that has not in the show, and it's not clear if they're Spoiler going, alert, but... she's a Time Lord. <laughs> oh, see, now you just... I know, I've ruined it. Head. Chooch, don't listen to this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all game for anything more Arya, and there is, there is a, a fun idea that would never happen, but I would absolutely love, and it's following... Not your Nymeria. But Nymeria, the direwolf, yeah. and finding out what's been going on in those woods when people are talking about oh, that. Man. And I still hope for a reunion. Oh, well, I would love a reunion, but the, my, my facial expression, if anyone was curious when you said that, is because I suddenly imagined like like uh, like the... Uh, not homeward bound, but the Call of the Wild, and we're, yeah, we're like the animals are like talking. <laughs> it's like I, I I picture it, and I don't know how it would work on TV, yeah. but I picture it like the Call of the Wild, but interesting because it's Nymeria. I I I I've, I've read Call of the Wild, and it's fine. It's all good. I can respect it academically, but I'm not reading more Jacqueline. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Harry Potter, but at Maester College. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Well, well, uh, there. You know, we'll have to see if what what more happens in the coming season because mm-hmm. we've got Sam placed there at the Citadel. Sort of. In Hufflepuff. Yeah. Yeah. In Hufflepuff. <laughs> Sam is totally a Hufflepuff. Sam is okay? such a Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. And and. He's Ravenclaw. He's brilliant. But well, he, yeah. you can be brilliant and be in Hufflepuff. He lets his heart take precedence over the smart thing, though. Yeah, which I think of as a Hufflepuff trait. And he's he's more loyal yeah. than anything. I mean, he'll do anything for John. So you guys just don't recognize the Slytherin that is in Sam. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly, if we run out of uh, spin-off ideas, we can fill the rest of the time with sorting uh, <laughs> John's characters into Hogwarts houses. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say that when I was reading the books and I was trying to get other people to read the books because nobody would read the books if I dragged them kicking and screaming, oh, I don't want to read that. This series not done yet. That's not cool. Nobody likes it. Oh, Game of... Th- Rones is on HBO. It's the best thing ever. Have you ever heard of it? Anyway, um, I'm not bitter. Is I would tell people, it's kind of like Harry Potter in the sense that the different houses are different houses. They're different families. And there's lots of blood and gore and swearing and sex. So, like, you liked Harry Potter as a kid? You're going to like Game of uh, Song of Ice and Fire as an adult. Yeah, people people houses. came back to me and said, what were you smoking? <laughs> <laughs> but all the houses are slippery. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, pretty so, much. Like, Lannister's the sneaky house yeah. and Martell is the sneaky house. Well, and... But Stark is honest to the point yeah. of detriment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so jumping back to the idea of other continents, though, mm. there is a continent that you see on all of those big world maps that nobody ever goes to, and that is the Sotheros. Um, mm-hmm. Sotheros. Yeah. And uh, that is a continent that I think 
you'd have to bend the existing cannon a little bit because I think the existing cannon is that there's really not very much there. It's a bunch of nasty jungle and diseases and cannibals and stuff. And, and monsters because one of the Targaryens went, went flying south to yeah, go as far as she could and it was just right. crazy time. But yeah. here's our premise. We frame it around this Targaryen went and flew her dragon as far south as ever could go and comes back saying, oh, it's just more mountains and jungle. But, but, but not, that's not the yeah. real story. <laughs> it's a cover-up. Yeah, so what really They faked happened, the dragon yeah, landing. And why would she come back telling people there's nothing there? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> See, because that, that just gives all sorts of room for completely unknown existing... Yeah, stories you could tell any kind of story you want down there. And, and there's a lot of stories that they refer to in the books of great explorers who have gone and done things, mm -hmm. like uh, the guy who was on the, the the sea snake, one of the Valerians and the sea snake going around. Oh, you're so, in. No, well, 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 there's Gyrion Lannister also, who's one of my favorite Lannisters, <laughs> who vanished in Valyria and Euron, went everywhere, mm -hmm. but he's evil, and I don't want to follow yeah. him. <laughs> but, you know, but you can certainly have lots of, like, you know, oh. Sinbad, the Golden Voids type of stories told, and Particularly if you went to Sephoros. Boy, if you wanted to do a super dark anti-hero show, though, boy, falling your own crow eyes. Or, or what? not you, one eye, but uh, yeah. Your love for the bad boy. No, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, come on. You're going to defend him pretty soon no, I, in a blog post. I'm I've, sure I've of it. I have defended him. I don't know if I can. But, uh, oh, really? No, not after the Forsaken chapter that uh, <laughs> we heard. I just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Which book is that in? It's, it'll be in the sixth book. Because you know, la last year, George read uh, a chapter called The Forsaken. It was quite cool. Uh, and, you know, sleep losing over. So There's stuff in it that we can't talk about. Yeah, we can't. <laughs> we just can't. <laughs> I should have not said anything. Everyone forget. I'm surprised nobody's mentioned Blood Raven. Red Raven? Blood Raven. Blood Raven. Blood Raven. Isn't it Blood Raven? Blood Raven. Blood what? Blood Raven. Okay, I, I, oh yeah. Uh, he's the old, he's the three-eyed raven, the guy yeah. in the yes. cave. Uh, oh, Brendan Rivers yeah. from the duck and egg stories. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be a great story of, you know, things, you know, because because he was at court with Aegon, yep. then he won, he was Lord Commander of the Wall, and because he was like magically in tune with things, he would be most likely to have weird adventures at the Wall. So I would, I would totally enjoy a, uh, a Blood Raven story. If they do a series on the wall, I think Pink Floyd should do the soundtrack. <laughs> I love it. All in all, it's just, just some in. more ice on the wall. <laughs> I love um, you. <laughs> on that note, though, uh, you know, Brandon the Builder. Yeah. Um, and how did the original wall come to be? Uh, the only the only risk there and uh, is, is just the idea of, okay, but what's the story? That's something that took a long period of time. Are you going to spend all of the yeah. story up in that region? Or, you know, that's why I think some of the, some of the ones where, like, you could still tell a story like this one where there's stuff happening all over during a certain time period. Right? I feel like if we focused on the wall, like, we'd have to focus on wildling culture. And it'd be really interesting if we were viewing things from the wildlings' perspective and that the builders of the wall are the bad guys. Because hmm. they're making the wildlings. Exactly. They're infringing on their freedom, they're they're the alliance to the wildling brown coat. Right. Yeah, well, that just makes me think though that my idea about the Andals invasion has a critical flaw, which it 
mean is that it would require spending a lot of time with the children of the forest, which I'm not sure is anybody's. I'm sure there's people that love so it. Your time is off. I think the cutting down of the trees happened much before the animals got there. I thought that happened. The first men were doing that. Well, I mean, I may be. There's two ways of cutting, but you're right. The first men started cutting down the trees, and that caused a problem with the uh, the children. Mm-hmm. But when the Andals came, by then the first men were recognizing the trees as part of their religious services, and the Andals came on with a new religion, and they began to burn all the uh, the weirwoods as well for their own different reasons, mm-hmm. uh, which is why there's very few weirwoods left south of the wall. Right. I mean, there's certainly two potential conflicts you could show. You could show the first men and the children mm-hmm. of the forest in that initial conflict, but I kind of thought... Uh, at least in my own research of it, I was thinking that the the follow-up conflict, which is after they had come to a peace and then this other religion, the Seven, coming in and having that be the primary conflict was kind of the part that struck yeah. my fancy. But you're right that there was uh, there was some of that uh, with the First Men as well. Everybody just wants to go after everybody's religion. <laughs> I know, it's a constant. <laughs> Well, for that matter, I mean, there's uh, we could potentially have a show that tries to focus more on some of those these other religions we don't know that much about right now, like yeah. the drowned god, for example. Like some of these things, we don't know how real they are. You yeah. know, we start. See, I mean, we'll have to see how much of answer we actually get with regards to um, things like. Um, I keep wanting to say the Morning Lord, but that's D and D. Sword of the Morning. No, no. Uh, to, to Oh, the Lord. red gods. Yes. The Lord. <laughs> They're all too similar. No. Um, but yeah, the Lord of Light. Like, so obviously there's some level of magic associated with that that's real. But is has there, there always actually been? a being Lord of Light that has opinions about things or not? We don't so, know for sure. So, so you like a story that took place in a shy where we could see a lot, a lot yeah. closer to the mystery. So. Or like, wouldn't it be something like you could have a version of the show? Like one of the things that's kind of interesting about Game of Thrones is that in many ways it's kind of a low magic setting, right? You have some, you have dragons and you have some sorcery but it's not like every every town has its local healer who you know casts magic spells and that sort of thing but um you could do a, a like a higher fantasy version where you're kind of dealing with the, the origins of like what are the actual gods involved like is there a drowned god is there a lord of light what who, who the old gods like are they actual again beings with a will or are they more like a force of nature okay so, like, the, the, the world of Westeros, I, I can't remember the name for the entire world. He's only used it a couple of times in blog posts. I it's but not, it's not, I, We know it's not Eartheros or Planet. Yeah, it's not Eartheros <laughs> or whatever, but this but, world. Yeah. Um, so, like, the gods smackdown, you know? All of these gods tapped into whatever powers is starting to give them something. And let's let's see them fight. Let's see the drowned god throw water on the Lord of Light and and uh, and Ulthos. Ulthos, thank you. Really? Wait, no. Okay, so hang on. So I've got the uh, Song of Ice and Fire Westeros wiki here. Um, the known world is composed of at least three continents: Westeros, Estros, e- Essos, and Sothoros. A large landmass, Ulthos. So not the whole ah. world, but a different thing. That's the continent. Ulthos. Um, and a number of many smaller islands. It doesn't look like they give a name for the whole okay. world. 
Yeah, it yeah. says in another page, it has no overall name. Yeah. I I think he world. might have meant referenced it in that recent blog post, but I could mm. be way off. Um, but I do know, like, there's parts that we, on the map, so want to pull up that, the there's, there's the areas in this world that aren't on the map. Well, we all yeah. have homework now. To okay, so Althos is a landmass in the far east, which may or may not be another continent. So this is this oh, is stuff like you see go. that map that like Sotheros, like it, it extends off the edge of the map. So like there's all sorts of stuff that like the known world that could extend beyond the known world. So colonization comes to Westeros and Essos and destroys all their culture. What we need <laughs> is the Mass Effect Andromeda. Game of Thrones story. If uh, people don't know Mass Effect, yeah. which is a video game series, they had a trilogy where it was taking place in our galaxy and all sorts of stuff happening. But then they were saying, okay, well, we want to do another game, but the ending of three kind of left us mm. unable to easily progress the story in that place because it could be in a number of different conditions. So let's invent a side story where before all that happened, people left and went to a whole other galaxy where they can do all sorts of new stuff. So what we could do is take the known time period and some colony ship or explorers that are going off and visiting lands completely unknown. Or maybe Voyager is the better. <laughs> no, no, I like Mass Effect better because then we don't have to deal with some certain with weird everything issues. About Voyager. Yeah, yeah. Some there's no threshold situation going on with Andromeda. So. I bet you those explorers would not have a prime directive. Likely not. Their prime directive would be uh, whatever makes me happy. Yeah, yeah don't die. <laughs> so do we have more ideas? Uh, idea that I had was what if we took the world that we know and not just go into the near future, but go into the far future. Ooh. What if we run mm. it up into modern technological time? What would Westeros look like? Yeah. You know, if it was Sex in the City. <laughs> Let's face it, it is HBO. Well, yeah, like uh, to some of the world building aspects could be interesting, you know, extrapolating on the way the history of the show as we've known it could build into a more modern type of technology, but tied all still into this idea of maybe through the scientific method, they actually discover the reason behind the uh, inconsistent seasons. Yeah, well, there is uh, some people have theories about that what's causing the inconsistent seasons is a global event. So maybe we figure out what the global event is and we can clear some of that up and mm -hmm. survive through it. And that would really Well, fun. but of course, we I mean, we know that the real answer for the inconsistence is magic. <laughs> of the pen. Yeah. Or the doom of Valeria. Maybe it's or the doom of Valeria. Doom. It's the, all of the pollution from the mad nuclear magic fallout. Yeah. yeah. You're talking about the long winters and summers, not yeah. the fact that we're suddenly got seven. That's right. Yes, well, we're talking right. about that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. no, it, it, Although it's maybe it's that's a whole meta commentary, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. We have a question right here. I was just saying, you know, the the axis just might wobble. Maybe it's a small small world, and that there, you know, everything just isn't as stable as the Earth is, where there are axis wobbles, and that's what changes the season. Well, there are actually uh, astronomers and astrophysicists who have really done all sorts of different models trying to look for it. And the, the trick is, is, is the, it, it's one thing to have um, seasons of different lengths. It's another thing to have seasons of different lengths that vary over time, yeah. like have it be three years this year and right. 
this t cycle and then seven years the next cycle and then two years again um so i think yeah. they don't they don't have i don't think with existing known physics they've been able to perfectly right. model it but but, but again say debris in is, our gravity field well, would have something to do with something. Um, I really, I would really like to go back. We did a we did a panel for a, a fundraiser for CosmoQuest where uh, we had uh, Dr. Pamela Gay help us theorize some of these mm -hmm. things, and that was unfortunately one of yeah. my shutdown theories. Yeah, I, but <laughs> you're right in terms of like just like mechanically, what sorts of things might cause that? Right, you know, wobbling axis, or but again, it's like. But why? And why is it inconsistent? Yeah, and, and why does Essos seem to be warmer than Westeros and they don't seem to have like a, an awareness of like really bad winters? My uh, explanation to that is why is uh, Italy so much warmer than New York when they're on the same level? Ocean currents. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> so they've got their own physics in that in that regard. I mean, if you think about the fact that Vancouver is is more northerly, than, can you tell where I live? Uh, more northerly than um, Toronto, and yet Vancouver never gets snow. So it, 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 these things happen. I think that we could sort of move out away from uh, narrative. Mm -hmm. Shows like I would love to see a Game of Thrones cooking show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, first off, bake off. I drink and I know how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything having to do with food, I am in. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, let's do it. And even like, um, uh, or maybe like uh, Anthony Bourdain's yes. reservations. Yeah. <gasps> Feast or famine. But, yeah. any, but any kind of reality show, I think yeah. you're correct on would be a. Would be entertaining. Survivor. Wild. <laughs> I I was also thinking of um. Let's let's uh have the Great Escape show, the the Great Chase show, and find out where did Cyril Farrell go, and what <laughs> happened to him, or well, how did he become the best water dancer oh, in all yeah. of Bravosi? That that would be a fun young Cyril. Anything Cyril. I'll be happy. <laughs> oh Cyril. Just so. Just so. How about a, a, like an Ocean's Eleven remake with <gasps> Littlefinger being the guy oh, coming over the heights? Maybe a movie as opposed to a I have a soft spot for Littlefinger. And this it not that I I would never defend him as like a good guy, but I just like how schemey he is. That he, just that's appealing to me. Yeah, he's a great character. I don't yes, I, I, yeah. I don't want to take that away from Littlefinger. But it makes sense to the yeah. character. And yeah. that's the thing that he's not just perving to perv. Yeah. It makes sense for his character. He wanted Catelyn, now she's dead. So he needs the next best thing. Pretty much, yeah. It doesn't make it honorable or good at all. Yeah. He's consistent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has a type. <laughs> very, he has very, very, very specific, specific type. type. Yeah. <laughs> So what other reality? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't know what, what the storyline would be, but anything with Tyrion and Ron would be. Oh, yeah. 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 What, what did we say that we wanted, um, oh, uh, uh, Bron and Pod as a buddy <laughs> show. Well, what if, what if we just went to like, uh, you know, CSI Westeros or something? <laughs> a cat started it. Go. The, the strand of hair, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. CSI Westeros, I like that. 
Yeah, or you know, just uh, any one of those like Law and Order uh, spinoffs where it's you just like ints like you're in uh, King's Landing, you're in kind of the there's a there's a murder, and it's like okay, well you try to investigate it, but you know you have to deal with corruption, and does anybody really want to find a killer and that sort of thing? Real world, but you're in one of Littlefinger's brothels. <laughs> so, so really, you'd be following some gold cloaks trying to uh, to bring criminals to justice. Uh, survivor, but instead of uh, being voted off the island, you are burned at the stake. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Project. What do they make? <laughs> what? I, I, I'm trying. I'm like Project Runway. No, there's not fashions. I'm trying to figure out what know. do people work on? What do they make? What do they do? Project Armor. Project Armor! Yes, it's armors because of all of the special helms, right? Mm. Mm, all right, let's see, armors. Mm, uh, I'm, I'm... How about the apprentice with Cersei in the Donald Trump role? <laughs> <laughs> You're fired! Literally. Oh man, I, I, that has to be a gift that someone has made already, is her drinking wine, watching the. The, the, everything blow up and just saying, you're fired. <laughs> Varys' drag race. Yeah. yeah. Well, for that matter, some of, uh, like, not that we necessarily need to see the specific story we've already heard about yeah. Varys' childhood, but that does just raise this story possibility of, like, there are, like, sorcerers and yeah. stuff that do sorcery things. That there's some kind of a real magic there, and finding where that underbelly is that we don't see very much. Yeah. I'd be happy to follow that Mummer's troop from Bravos going yeah. about doing the uh, doing their plays. I would like to see the full play of <laughs> the Bloody Hand. Yeah. You had something? Yeah, maybe an educational show like Where in the World is Gendry? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <gasps> I just thought of. Sorry. You said the great American, uh, the great Westerosi Bake Off, hosted by Hot Pie. <laughs> yes. There you go. So I remember when I uh, first made my bread wolf. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the first one wasn't very good, but I started learning the, you know, the skills necessary. <laughs> All right. So, okay. yeah. Any more? Any more suggestions, everyone? Anyone? There's got to be a fear factor. They can be real ones or funny ones. There's no... Yeah. <laughs> no I do have one more idea. Go for it. Um, has anyone here seen Castle? Sure. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is go to Castle, but maybe set it in New Mexico. Maybe at an independent oh. at movie theater and see why the owner of that theater hasn't written this week. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's something meta for everyone. You do a show about the people trying to get Game of Thrones made. And it's a behind-the-scenes TV show drama for a show like Game of Thrones. So uh, it's like, you know, like 30 Rock or it was the... Uh, is it or, yeah. murder and Of course! Yeah. No, in fact, it should. It's a lot of, like, or, ushering Icelandic tourists out of West shots. Has anyone seen Wes Craven's New Nightmare? No. Okay, well, it was this weird anomaly in the middle of the whole uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, series. It's kind of amazing because what it's about is the actors and writers involved with making the Night on, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies 
discovering that somehow they have accidentally summoned the real Freddy Krueger into their <laughs> lives and having it be super surreal and weird that this this made-up movie monster is somehow actually haunting them now. That was a supernatural episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love the idea of a behind-the-scenes thing, and I, I'm just picturing it's like, well, how are we going to tell the people the information that they need for the next scene? I can't figure out how to throw it in there. Oh, it's easy. Blowjob. <laughs> Tim. Oh no no that um, would be the that would be the HBO representative sitting in the back of the room going more boobs, more <laughs> sex. Uh, for the National Geographic Channel, the Dragon Whisperer. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, you say anything, dragons? I'm in. <laughs> Definitely. So another meta show idea, one where we see George R. R. Martin. Uh, going on various adventures, saving the world, and that's why. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that's that's really how he sets down yeah right there you go. The bat phone goes off. And he's got I, I have a feeling so he was legit. writing was so a little great. too much last year. <laughs> Might have been writing a little yeah. too much last year. He was too busy in November to save the world. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, you can find all of our podcasts on specficmedia.com, and you can find stuff from our guests. You can find Pat's writings about Westeros. Yeah, uh, on my blog, patrickspinagle.com, and you'll have to ask me how to spell it like at some point. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but I write about uh, Game of Thrones every Wednesday. I think if you Google Westeros Wednesday, you should find it, it or I can't be wrong day. all the time. <laughs> I can't be wrong all the time. Yeah. yeah. It, honestly, you're right. Google, I can't possibly be wrong all the time, and it'll come up. <laughs> you can find all of my podcasts and writing at hugjodonnell.com. And I am paulatjackson.com, although somebody told me earlier today that it's down, so I'll have to try and find oh. out what's wrong and fix it. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. Yeah, and you can Google her because there's not many of you. Not name. really. No, no. no. Which is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and uh, our podcast Beyond the Wall is available both as uh, as video yes and and as audio podcast. When we, we record preferred medium. We, when we record, we do it live, and you can comment in and and add to our show as we're recording, yeah. or you can listen to it later just as audio. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out on I YouTube. Did for years. Yes. And uh, don't forget, Nutty Bites is a non-Game of Thrones related podcast that Nutty does. Yes, at nimlos.org. And don't forget all of the talking about various stuffs um, and a D&D podcast yeah. and a Survivor podcast and the Oscars and 100 movies and Space Casey and Nina Kimberly and five more minutes, Miss Christiana Ellis.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you have feedback for the Beyond the Wall podcast, you can email us at btw at specficmedia.com. You can also leave us a comment on the website. Go to specficmedia.com where you'll find a shiny BTW button that'll take you right to our page. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0, Unported License. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it.